If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in VCE Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. The table looks a little bit different today. Our friend Tyler is down in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, 86 part, Tyler. Part, part of the, the GOAT empire and the GOAT family of brands. Uh, he, he's uh, in, heavily involved in setting policy for the future down there in Georgia. Yes. So we hope he's doing well. We, we've got a great show for you today. And, and John has gone above and beyond what he typically does to invest in the show. We'll set the stage here in just a second. But as always, we're going to serve it up in a way that you can get it. We're about the stages of life. In the 20s, you get in the game. In the 30s, you move up in the game. In the 40s, you stay in the game. In the 50s, you finally ask yourself what you really want. What do you really want in stages of life, in both business and relationships? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the last part, and I think it really sets the stage for today, it's about being a GOAT, the greatest of all time. And in sports, it's easy to see. In sports, it's the people that are recognized for their greatness. What they do elevates everyone around them. Mm-hmm. In business, it's a little bit different. In business, it's about people that compete on unique perspective, unique education, and unique experience. And what they do gives them energy, and it gives other people energy, and it creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And I would say that the guests that you've gone out to find and, and bring into, as you call it, the bosom of the of the GOAT Consulting Podcast today does just that. What he does certainly gives other people energy and gives him energy, and it creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And I'm going to turn it over to you and let you make this happen right Uh, here today. I, I, um, gosh, I I am so, like, almost speechless that we get to be in the presence of such greatness, goodness, and uh, I cannot wait to have this conversation uh, with Chris Nisik, Nikic, and Dan Grebe. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I, I don't even want to say. Yeah. I told Colby before this call. I said, I just hope I can emotionally keep, keep it, it together. together. Um, and so far, you haven't. But keep going. Th- this, this may be a mess today. But <laughs> I want Chris and Dan for you to know this is out of uh, such honor and admiration that I have for the two of you. And I just cannot believe that we're in this 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 conversation with you today. So thank you for being here. Uh, we, we are so thrilled and honored. And when we think about the word goat, the greatest of all time, uh, which, which by the way, we share, and I can't wait to hear maybe you guys share a little bit about a goat, but very, very, very few episodes, maybe two other times have I shared about a goat who or have we had a goat on the show? Maybe only one other time. Yeah. Where we had a goat on the show that I've personally met. And Chris, I want you to see this. This is a notebook that I started when we started this podcast. And this was months and months back. And I was just writing down, this is on page two. And months and months ago, I wrote down a list of goats that I was going to share about over the course of wherever this podcast went. And I wrote down goats like Oprah. Mr. Miyagi, Tiger Woods, 
And they're right here. Number three on this list is Chris Nickich. That's you, Chris. And you, you, my friend, are a GOAT. And there's lots of different ways. We want to ask you to define it here in a few minutes. But uh, I would tell you, and, the, and our global audience, like nobody's ever done what you've done. So many others can have things that they do that can be compared to, but not you. Like no one's ever done what you've done as being the first person to complete an Ironman, age 21, and you also have Down syndrome. I cannot wait to unpack this conversation. In fact, uh, I noticed recently that uh, of all the sporting events that have occurred over the last year, you are in the top six and being voted on currently for the Laureus top six global sporting moment of the year. And I just am so impressed. And, uh, I mean, you've got Good Morning America, The Today Show, NBC does a special on you, ESPN's got a, a documentary. I mean, your resume is incredible. And I, I just am so grateful that you guys would spend time to share with us today. So welcome to the show officially. Like I said, this is going to be messy because I'm almost giddy, like <laughs> getting to talk to you. So thanks for being gracious with me there. Hey, Chris, I got, for, to open it up and get you started here, one question. How are you feeling right now? You feeling like pre? You feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. So this whole episode is around this one idea. And Dan, thank you for being here as well. We're certainly excited to talk about the relationship between you and and the man right there. But this whole episode is about this idea that you really fell in love with, which is getting 1% better. 1% better. And so for the audience today, when you think about this, not only think about it from the GOAT in terms of elevating, which is what Chris has done, I think, just by him competing, he's elevated so many people around him. Yeah. But this idea of getting 1% better. And I want to hear you, Chris, maybe share a little bit about that, but... um... I love your shirt, by the way, and you're looking mighty, mighty swollen in that shirt. Like you've been doing some, uh, some pull-ups, sit-ups. Is that are those incorporated into the workout plan this these days? Can we see? Can we see some action? Can we see the the gun show a little bit there? That is, that is beautiful, Colby. That's something you can strive for. Yeah. Right? Here, oh, we, here, we here, we go, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is what we're talking about. Right here, live on the Goat Consulting Podcast. That's right. You better get it right. The guns, wow. guns out, the sun's out. That's my man right there. You get out, get out of of the running and biking and swimming, and start getting into the uh, into the uh, lifting weights and and uh, bodybuilding, my man. That's right. Chris, can you share a little bit about, uh, and I know you and your dad are about to re- release a book, or it is released, One uh, Percent Better. Can you tell us a little bit more about that being your motto and your mission? So I started with one percent. Why is he up in my squad? How many push-ups did you do before Ironman Florida? 200. And how many sit-ups did you do? 200. And how many squats did you do? 200. You did 200? You're a monkey. How about how about Ironman Florida, uh, Hawaii? When we do that, how many push-ups are you going to do before that? 500. 500? And how many sit-ups? 500. And how many squats? 500. 
500. Okay. Last week when you did push-ups, sit-ups, and squat, when you did 1% with Marquise, how many did you do? 360. Wow. 360 push-ups? Yeah. And then how, how many sit-ups did you do? Sit-ups. How many? 360. And then how many squats? 360. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then how many pull-ups are you doing right now? I'm doing, um, eight. Eight rounds of 20? Eight rounds of 10? Yeah. Wow. So you're doing 80 pull-ups now with Marquise? Yeah. And and you do more pull-ups than I do now, don't you? <laughs> yep. That's, All right, well, let's not talk about that. Next question. <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris, I got to share. So one of the things on our uh, episodes that uh, we've kind of incorporated is I wear a really unique shirt, hopefully tying it into the episode. Sometimes it doesn't, but today specifically I wore this for you. So a year before you completed <laughs> Ironman Florida, I did Ironman Florida as well for the first time. So we are Ironman alumni, uh, the three of us. Dan, you've, you've done uh, 18 – 16. 16. Okay. So uh, we have that in common. So I wore my Ironman gear and my hat just for you. And uh, I, I am grateful that we get to talk. We could probably geek out quite a bit on, on our <laughs> Ironman journey. Maybe that'll come out a little bit here. But I want to I ask you this question, Chris. So I was reading about your in your, um, in your bio, one of your dreams is to make your own money so you can take care of yourself, buy your own car and house, and marry a smoking hot blonde from Chicago. Can you tell us a little bit more about that dream? Because I love it. Okay. Um, this dream is based on unconditional love. Um, my mother... Is from Minnesota. Okay. And I really want to live independent. I want to, uh, you know, have my own house, a private house with no other car. Not my dad, not my mom, or Dan. Or Dan. Or Dan. <laughs> if I have to. Or yeah. Dan. Dan, leave him alone. Let, 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 it, reminds me, it reminds me of a Romantic, David, Karen, adoring for the rest of my days <laughs> is my romantic, adoring life. There you go. That reminds me of a Darius Rucker song, you know, roof over my head. Yeah. You know, woman I love laying in my bed. You so know? we are both married to smoking hot blondes. That's and right. we, we can attest that that is that is a great that is a great thing I in love our it. own lives. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I said smoking hot blondes from Chicago. Specifically. How, here's a question I had for you, Chris. How do you plan on making your money? What's the plan there? You've got a the book coming out. Is, uh, I have to make more money than Nick. Nick's so how do you how are you gonna do it? What kind of business are you gonna own, Chris? Um one percent. The one percent. So you're gonna own the one percent business, and right now you're a professional what? What do you do? 
I'm a vocational post speaker. And you're an author, right? Yeah. You have a book with your dad. Good. So you're going to do motivational speaking and and inspiring people to live the life like you, right? Yeah. And get 1% better. Good job. Love it. Dan and Chris, can you guys share with us, Dan, maybe um, share with us how you guys, tell us a little about your relationship. Tell our audience about how you've gotten to today, how this all started with the two of you. Could you give us some insight there over, over a minute or two? Sure. So, from, well, I'm going to go first, Chris, because that question's for me, and then you go at the end, okay, buddy? Okay, yeah. Thank you. So, um, you know, a couple years ago, I, uh, you know, wanted to be successful in business and in life. You know, I lived a, a very rough upbringing, and uh, I wanted to be everything to my wife that my dad was not to my to mm. my mom. I wanted to be the father to my children that my dad was not to us, kind of be the opposite of my dad. I grew up very wounded. And um, I was able to accomplish that and ended up being a really great dad and, and being a good husband. And I was able to create a great uh, business and a legacy financially for my family. But I woke up one day and I was 300 plus pounds. Oh, wow. And I really had this belief system that, you know, like I was tempting fate, right? A guy from my neighborhood who grew up poor, who's my family's first millionaire, who's accomplished a lot, been married 20 years, like, you really, I don't need to have it all. I just need to have this much. And maybe that's all I deserve. You know, being a person that grew up in, from a single mom and the way I did, maybe I can't have it all. Maybe that's reserved for other people. And about five years ago, I challenged that and said, you know what, that, that can't be true. I don't want to teach that to my children that just because they have the same last name as me, they have a, live, a limited life. So I went on a journey to lose 100 pounds. And I asked the question, you know, what's an event that I can train for and get up to that would scare me a little bit, would make me want to change a lot of my behaviors, and that was Ironman. Mm. So I asked the question, what do most people do? And they said, they train for a year, then they do an Ironman. And I said, great, I'm going to train for a year, and then I'm going to do 10 Ironman. And I did that. I trained for a year. I lost 100 pounds. Wow. I uh, became an Ironman. I was ranked in the top 100 uh, age groupers in my age group, traveled all around the world, went to New Zealand, Dubai, Mexico. Uh, Puerto Rico, St. George, Utah, all around the United States, did all these crazy Ironman, did over 100 races total in those two years, uh, 10 of them being Ironman. And mm. then I was ready to duck off and go back to my first love, which is jiu-jitsu. I'm actually a state champion in jiu-jitsu. I was in the 300-pound division, and I, wow. and I wanted to go become a national champion in jiu-jitsu. But then I, you know, I started thinking, like, I just learned all these amazing skills. You know, success is not about what you do. It's about who you become in the process. So in the process of becoming an Ironman, I learned things I had never done before, you know, behaviors that I never examined before. And I wanted to give that gift to someone else. So I asked, you know, how do I thank God for restoring my health in my 40s? And the answer was simple. Go serve his people. Mm. So I went on a journey to look for someone that I could help become an Ironman. Not so that they can complete an Ironman, so just so that they can learn the skills along the way yep. and change them internally. And uh, I searched for about six months for a person, and uh, I thought it would be a blind person because I was the only person you could lead at the time. And, uh, and I struggled to find a blind person. I jokingly tell people all the time, you know, what do you think is the hardest part about leading a blind person to an Ironman? What's your guess? <laughs> Jeez. Wow, I don't know. I guess... Oh, go. I can't. I can't. 
Well, the, the joking answer is that finding a blind person to do an Ironman is the hardest part. Right. <laughs> that Ironman. makes sense. Because there's just there's just so many amazing people that are in the Ironman world sure. that for everyone that wants to do it, there's a hundred that would happily leave them. Mm. And so, you know, I, I struggled. And I started to believe that maybe that desire that God put in my heart to help someone become an Ironman wasn't going to happen. And then all of a sudden, Chris shows up at one of our triathlon groups with his dad. Now, Chris had already done a sprint triathlon, which is a 10-mile race with the Special Olympics. Yep. And what happened is he actually got a little too fast for his guide. And his guide at the time was a woman by the name of Simone. And she's an amazing human being because she displayed amazing character. She knew that Chris was getting too fast for her, and so she went with him to find another coach. Wow. I'm not sure I have that level of character. I would have held on to every moment with Chris Mm. until it was – 100% 100% I couldn't have another moment, but she saw that he needed something better and she helped connect me to him with his father and that began a beautiful friendship and uh, the start of what would later be um, the first person with Down wow. syndrome to complete an iron. So Fritz. not only is, am I an answer to the Nickages prayers, but the Nickages are an answer to my prayers. Wow. Chris, what would you add to that? Um. I think Dan is absolutely right. Um, on my journey, I started on a mission to um, lose 40 pounds, not sedentary, not being average, and not be crouchy. <laughs> Yeah. And um, here are five reasons why. The first reason is I came from Special Olympics family community. Reason number two, when and Victoria started this program. Reason number three, we could have done this without them. Reason number four, um, in this world with inclusive is we get everyone together and say that one team and the team is I was looking for a crazy Ironman. <laughs> yeah. And um When I say that I was looking for a crazy Ironman, that crazy Ironman is Dan. There he is. <laughs> I, I, I saw the, a moment, Dan and Chris, where um, I think that – I don't know when in, in your initial training when you guys started uh, this, but, Dan, I remember you having a conversation with Chris where you said, today we're going to tether, and it's not a punishment – but today we're going to wear this tether in case we need it. And in case, Chris, Dan, you were saying this, in case you need to pick me up because I'm falling behind. 
Can you tell us about that moment? And really, when I heard that, I thought, gosh, how many, how many times in life do we choose the tether out of a confident humility in relationships and in life? And I, that, that was much more meaningful to me, maybe more so than at the moment. But I would love to hear you talk a little bit about that. Well, in that moment, you know, the, the tether is something that we use for Chris because part of his dis- disability is that he has a hard time judging distance and time. Chris doesn't know what a mile is versus 100 miles. He has no real concept of distance or time. So we wear a tether for me to get him up to pace. But that tether is painful for both of us because oftentimes I have to pull him to a pace and then hold him at a pace. Mm. And then he's pulling against me and I'm pulling against him. And, and, that tether has been spoken about at times is like, if you don't run faster, Chris, we're going to put the tether on. Mm. And I wanted him to know, like when he's in my presence, this is never about pain. This is about friendship. You know, Chris, Chris's dream was never to be an Iron Man. People mistake that. That might be your dream, my dream. That was simply a goal for him so that he could then have a platform to accomplish his dreams. And I never wanted to make his dreams or his goals painful. Mm. So I was reminding him in that moment that that tether was just, you know, something for us to get 1% better with. It was never to punish him. You know, Chris knows that I love him as much as I love my own children. And because I do, you know, his dad says this to him and I say it too. Chris, what does Uncle Dan love you too much for what? Don't be average. That's right. I love you too much to let you be average. Just like dad, right? Yeah. Right. Wow. And so, so that moment was just a, an affirmation of me, you know, loving Chris and that I, I would never want to make him feel pain when he's with me. I just want to help him accomplish his dreams. Chris, Chris, can you, uh, can you share with us? There's another moment and Dan, you talked about pain right there. There was another moment as I was watching live uh, back in November, as you guys were on the run. And if you're like me, I don't know. The, the back thir- the back half of of the Ironman run is your our bodies may be ready but you just your mind can never be ready for that and it is such a painstakingly uh, challenging mental game at that moment and I remember um, Dan you said something like Chris there's no walking and Chris and I think your feet were hurting and there were you had blisters and you said it's it's the blisters. And Dan, you said it's fake pain. Chris, can you tell me about fake pain? Because I love that. I think that's so applicable to a number of different areas in our life. But can you tell me maybe about that moment and what what else that might mean to you? So um, in my moment, I knew I had to trust Dan. Um, You know, I asked this to him, but... um, in that moment, um, I knew that <clears throat> it was painful to uh, have the tether on. Am I just like, Dan, we're going to take this tether off. And that him be in the moment. And, um, uh, Fake pain will immediately go away. Mm. Uh, I had real pain on that night. Blisters, 
crust, ribs, dates, and uh, my dad put me inside and he said, son, there is a battle going on between the pain and the dream. Whoa, that's good. Yeah. The dream was not to become a nightmare. I had to commit to the decision on that night. And I said, the dream, the dream is not to make fucking off from Chicago. <laughs> because that's fake. Yeah. I mean, want to make fucking off from from Minnesota. <laughs> 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 my mom was grown up as a child. Uh, all right, Chris, there's a lot of questions that they're going to have. Let's ask some questions here so that we can clarify some things, okay? okay? What's the difference between fake pain and real pain? Fake pain, it goes away. All right, so fake pain goes away when you stop, right? Yeah. Real pain, we don't we don't go through real real pain. We we stop and we don't train through real pain. We train through fake pain. The pain that is in our brain. We tell our fake pain to do what? Get out of what? Get my head. That's right. We tell fake pain to get out of our head because it's only in our head. Mm. And then let's make sure the audience is aware that when you say smoking hot blonde from Minnesota, is that a concept? Unconditional love. It's a concept because Chris speaks in concepts. Yeah. That that it means a person that will love him unconditionally, just mm. like his mother loves him unconditionally, just like his mother, who is a blonde from Minnesota, Minnesota. loves yeah. his father. He wants what his father has. Mm. He wants what his uncle Dan has. Do you love your aunt Mindy? Chris, do you love your aunt Mindy? Yeah. What color is her hair? Wrong. <laughs> no, it's not. She's a brunette. So it does. So, so, so when your listeners are hearing this, and half of them are like, "Well, I'm a brunette. I would marry Chris," and they're right. thinking, "Nope, I'm not. A, I can't do it." Well, you can, because the blonde <laughs> is only a concept. He'll take a redhead. He'll take a brunette. He'll take a blonde as long as you love him unconditionally, wow. just like his mother loves him, just like his aunt Mindy loves him, just like his father loves him. That's the concept that he's teaching there. Now, wow. can I, I want to rewind back to that moment for just a moment. Sure. Um, of when Chris and I were racing. Chris, Chris is very aware of what his dreams are, his life of independence. And he was willing to go through any pain necessary for him to accomplish his dream. Now, this is a question for your audience. Like, are you willing to go through any pain necessary to accomplish your dream? Mm. Are your dreams so real and vivid that if, if we asked you what they were right now, could you tell us? Chris mm. can tell you. Chris is willing to do whatever it takes, including be in pain for an unlimited amount of time. Because remember, Chris does not understand the difference between three hours and 17 hours. He just understands that at the end of the pain is his dream and wow. that it's an opportunity for his dream. That's what he was willing to do. And when you saw that, that, that question being asked on the course that specific time, 
about the cramp, um, about the blisters. I knew he had blisters. I had them too, and that's very common to get. Yep. But those blisters are things that he can run through, and he has run through before. So you heard us having a little dialogue, which, by the way, we didn't know we were live. We know we were going to be videotaped, and I thought we were going to be edited. So you you didn't see yeah. some staged conversation. You saw a real conversation. It's the best saying, part. Hey, I want to slow down. And me saying, no, that's fake pain. And him saying, arguing me back, like, no, it's real. It really hurts. <laughs> yeah. But I know we can work through that. <laughs> Just because he has Down syndrome doesn't mean doesn't mean he doesn't conceptualize pain. Well, I doesn't love what... mean he doesn't conceptualize love and connection either. Mm. Well, we're going to have to take, take a pause right there. Uh, lots to cover and so much Good said. Going. I'm going to let you get away and get – you got your Iron Man, Iron Man shirt and hat on and let you get away and maybe – I think I have to go for a run or something. Ma- yeah, this. maybe do some trading. Uh, for, for John Byers and for Colby Jubinville and for Tyler on for the Tyler. for Tyler on the road, uh, right here in VCE Studios, this is the Go Consulting Podcast.